VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. It's always such an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week and to bring you such amazing guests that inspire and enlighten you, and today is no exception. This program is all about really finding solutions for your challenges, turning your obstacles into opportunities, and making your dreams come true. And today's show is a perfect example of that. You can give us a call at 866-472-5788 if you're listening live on July 14th. And we're on between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon p.m. Pacific. Today we're talking about how do you accomplish a goal as a team more quickly than you could ever dream could happen, and a huge goal. My guests are Brian Conaway and Jose Feliciano, who are the co-authors of the book To Our House, Leadership from the Ground Up. They will discuss their dream and accomplishment of building a home in under three hours with a team and also how they help clients successfully manage their money using an efficient, simple, tested eight-step process that ties in our vision, our communication, our resources, and our people so that we can reach a common goal. Welcome, Brian, and welcome, Jose. Thank you. All right. Either one of you can answer this one. How did you come up with this concept of building a house in two hours? Go ahead, Brian. Yes. Actually, I was in 2005. Ms. Brian? Yes, this is Brian. Brian. In 2003, uh, I was elected to be president of our association, our local home builders association, uh, to be president in 2005. And I wanted to do something that that was totally out of the ordinary, something uh, that would bring the entire community together, something that would involve everyone in the association, and raise money for charities. Uh, and that was our, our, our goals of it. And I set a new world record as well. So we came up with a two-hour house uh, concept and uh, benefited six local charities, and and, it took about two years to put it all together. The question is, Jose, how did you get involved? Well, uh, when when the two-hour house happened in Tyler, Texas, we were at a Texas Motor Speedway, and we have about 100 people that uh, rent motorhomes and so forth inside the infield. And there was a documentary, an hour documentary of this event. And I was, I was sitting there watching. There was about eight of us. And uh, as I was watching, I said, let's play that again. And, and me and one, his dad had sat there, and I watched it again. And I said, do you know that every principle that I learned in business or leadership, uh, communication, vision, mission, everything that you could learn of all the principles are intertwined in this story? Because what Brian did is he got 800 volunteers to work together to accomplish this feat. Hmm. Uh, is the most amazing thing that I ever saw. And I said to myself, I, I ran over to Brian. I said, Brian, we can write, we can teach this to the world because a lot of people talk about it. But you can really uh, uh, bring all these lessons to life because everybody can identify with a house. Well, I would think um, that you would have to be very organized. You would have to have lists. I mean, lists for each group of because 800 people is a lot to manage. And if you're going to do this in two hours, you'd have to have have probably 10 or 15 people, right, working on the same thing. Is that correct? Oh, yes. 
Yeah, definitely. What we did is we had a task force, uh, which was our what we call our you know board of directors or committee, and we had someone in charge of like foundation, someone in charge of plumbing, someone in charge of uh, electrical, and then they were broke out into subcommittees that had multiple people on them. Uh, you know, because it was so it was so big and so overwhelming. If you looked at the whole thing, that you couldn't even really you know comprehend it. There were so many people in the you know, pieces involved in the puzzle. Mm. And how did you get these 800 people to buy into this concept? I mean, did they believe that you could do this for two hours? Well, about half of them did. Half of them thought, you know, it could be done. Uh, you know, I had a, I had something, a flow chart and everything kind of lined out before I started really trying to sell the idea on people to show them that it could be done. And, you know, a lot of them, didn't believe it till right up till the end when they really saw that it could be done. So I think we uh, we blew a lot of people's minds and showed people that you know the the impossible is possible if everyone works as a team and works together to achieve the same common goal. So what is it, Jose? What is it that allowed this to happen in two hours? What were the ingredients of all of these people working together? What were the things they did that made it work? Well, the first thing is you have to have communication. You have to have a plan. Uh, you have to have uh, organization. You have to have a belief system that it could be done. And I'm going to share a little story with you. I had a gentleman in California that had about 35, 40 real estate agents that he was speaking to. And he said, I'm going to go meet the gentleman that, broke the, that built the house in two hours and 52 minutes, Brian Conaway. And he said, the first 10 minutes, everybody in that class uh, uh, said it can't be done. You can't get the cement to dry. You can't do this. You can't do that. And he said, you know, I, number one, it's already been done. I'm fixing to go visiting. But the other thing is you spent 10 minutes saying what can't be done. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned about how many other areas in your life are you telling yourself something can't be done. And it's really an amazing thing that it's a mindset that, you know, we believe that dreams are, are things that can't be done. But it can be done, and we have to shatter the mindset that, uh, uh, and you really can't do great things by yourself. You have to do it with people. And every principle about building an organization as far as communication, uh, I mean, everybody, if you, if you ask the, uh, the concrete guy that poured the cement, you know, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a two-hour house. If you ask the policeman... That's, that's waving traffic. What are you doing? I'm building a two-hour house. Everybody was clear on what their role was, mm-hmm. and all this thing came together. So mm-hmm. uh, there's just it's, if you really take a step back and look at what has to happen to get 800 volunteers working together uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to make that. Now, I think you said something very important here that I think happens for so many of us is that you really have to believe it can be done, and that's where, that's where the cracks start opening up is that when you you look at something that you want and it's a big dream and there's a little piece that says, boy, I really want that, but, you know, it's awfully big. I don't really know if I can do it. And the minute you say that, the roadblocks come up. And don't you think that's common? Well, I tell you, uh, I, when I speak around the country, I, I uh, uh, you know, with my parents, my, my background, my parents are deaf mutes. And you had to get, you had to learn how to believe, but get on to knowing that that things would turn out fine. Mm-hmm. But there is one thing: is that you have to get past doubt. I mean, doubt mm-hmm. is actually the enemy. It's it's the father of all negative emotions. It's it's really the thief that steals your dreams and makes us all play it safe. And mm-hmm. I've learned to respect doubt, 
and learned that really a strange truth about him is that they, he actually holds a secret in his hands, and, and doubt has to be overcome, and by overcoming doubt, paves new ways for new limits, new records, new rules. And it's amazing how doubt in our mind really holds ourselves back. And by bringing the two-hour house to life, if we can get past doubt, it's amazing what can be done. Hmm. Brian, what other um, projects has come from this? Once this the word got out that this huge, amazing feat of building a house could happen in two hours, what came from this? Well, I think the biggest change was, you know, just the, the people that were involved in it, uh, you know, what it did for them, what it did for the community. Uh, you know, we had people that actually work on this project that, that had on their resumes when they went to find a new job. You know, they were part of the two-hour house. I mean, that's how proud of it they were. Mm. And, I mean, even from the smallest, uh, you know, the person that was helping pick the trash up to, you know, the police escorts for the concrete trucks to everybody. I mean, everybody was just... You know, they were just wanted to be part of it. Um, I had a lady the other day wrote me a letter. Uh, she read the book, and she said she's read it three or four times. It's the best book she's ever read in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, she, she has, you know, she made Christmas ornaments on her tree that say to our house. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she, people just, they just really felt part of something just big, something that they Let's could have never accomplished about that. themselves. What individual feedback did you get, Jose? What did people say to you? I was in San Diego, and I passed a book on. I showed him the one-minute video. It's actually on the website. He read the book on his way from San Diego to Houston. He had been in, he's been in the Louvre in three Olympics. Uh, he was in the 1988 Olympics, 92 Olympics, and the year 2000. After he got through reading the book, he called me and said, Jose, I found my impossible. I said, what's that? He said, I'm going for the 2010 Olympics. He said, I'm going to be the first one that ever been in four decades of Olympics. Uh, mm. And it inspired. Next thing you know, he took off to Salt Lake City. He called me a week after that. He said, I never lost it. So he's now going to the Winter Games, and it caused him to start thinking about what his impossible is. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, here's something I'm reading on the website from Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul, who I've interviewed. I'll have to get it back up on the website. But basically what he says is that it's amazing when you when people come together and they think that it is not impossible. When they when they don't when they when they really believe something's possible and they don't believe that it's impossible, it's amazing what can happen. No doubt about that. You want to elaborate on that, Brian? On the the uh, the the the, uh, the house that the practice house? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, basically. You know, like I was saying earlier, we had, you know, part of the group was, was thinking it couldn't be done. They just wanted to be part of it. And the other part, you know, they were our cheerleaders uh, trying to get everybody to, you know, pumped up to do this. We spent about two years putting this whole project together. And, I mean, we had a plan we knew would work. Mm-hmm. We just had to go out and, and act on our plan. Well, the day of the practice house, I guess everyone forgot that we had a plan because everyone went back to the same old way they did things. And after about seven or eight hours into it, we weren't even close to being finished. Interesting. And so I sent everybody home. And that's not to say when we when we started, we actually started two practice houses at the same time because there were. Okay, stop for a second. What is it that you weren't doing in the seven? You know, you said you were working seven hours and not close. What is it that you were doing that was different from what they did when they accomplished it in two hours? Well, we had a we had a flow chart and exact 
you know, procedure of every step of this whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who was supposed to be where and when and what they were supposed to be doing, and no one followed that. It, uh, you know, why, I don't know. But, uh, you know, one of the problems we had, uh, I had as, as a leader looking out at everyone, everybody looked the exact same on the whole whole team. Uh, you look at four or five hundred people out there, and you don't know who's who. Well, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things we did to solve that is we color coordinated everybody. You know, the framers wore uh, brown shirts, the plumbers wore blue shirts. Everybody was color coordinated. We color coded the uh, entire flow chart, and so at any time you could look out there and see who was doing what and at what stage and time they were on the flow chart. Uh, you know, communication was a big issue. We had. Um, uh, one person trying to coordinate two teams in the concrete, and the concrete was extremely critical. And, you know, they they mixed one of the trucks at the wrong time, caused the concrete to actually set up in the truck and as it was coming down the chute, and one of the houses never made it past the concrete. So we had, you know, 400 people standing out there ready to go to work, and they couldn't do anything because they didn't have a foundation. So there were there were a lot of uh, a lot of learning curves from it. Uh, now, from but, from this event, uh, they got the cement to drive 22 minutes, and now the Texas Department of Transportation is using that cement mix to dry roads. So it's it's amazing when you're challenged that you're actually creating new norms on how we think. Wow! All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more to. Brian Connolly and Jose Feliciano, who are co-authors of this incredible book, Two Hour House. This is a group of 800 people who built a house in two hours. And if they can do that, you can imagine what we can do. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And we have quite a show for you today. We're talking about how vision-driven people can actually build the impossible. And Jack Canfield writes of this book, The Two-Hour Story is an amazing example of what can be done when a committed team of people pay no attention to what they have been told is impossible. Okay, my guests today are Brian Conaway and Jose Feliciano, who are co-authors of the book, The Two-Hour House, which is a book about how 800 people built a house in two hours. Welcome back, Jose and Brian. How do you go about teaching people in the business world how to use these principles to be successful? Well, the first thing... Brian? This okay. Jose. This Jose, I'm okay. sorry. The, the reason why what attracted me to two-hour house when I was at the Texas Motor Speedway was that the only way Brian could have broke that record was that he, they could not build a house the way it's tradi- traditionally done. They had to begin with the end in mind. In other words, where do you want the house... What do you want the house to look like and then what do we got to do to build it backwards right down to the smallest detail to make that happen? And the reason why it made sense to me is in, in my background, having deaf parents, I always had the speaking world speak to me, and I always had to break it down to my deaf parents to understand mm-hmm. and the same thing for my deaf parents to speak. And when we do in my business, which is a wealth management firm, when we build any kind of planning, we always begin with the end in mind. Tell us what your vision is, because when your visions are clear, your decisions are easy. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know what their true vision mm-hmm. is. And when you paint your vision, whether it's your house, I mean, whether, whether it's in your personal life or your business life, when you picture where you want to be, and that's crystal clear, and you work it right down to the smallest detail, then we can create new norms across every industry sector mm-hmm. because everybody has an impossible. You have an eight-step business building process with all P's, which is interesting because I have a, a five-step success process that has P's, and I think you have most of them in here. You have purpose, power up, partner, plan, play, practice, pursue, and prosper. That's correct. You want to explain those? Well, let me. And, and every time when I, when you show the video and you ask what principles do you see, you normally get about 31 to 35 principles. And we went ahead and and put down the eight-step business building process, but it all kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, you have to have a grand purpose where everybody sees clearly. uh, First of all, you've got to see clearly what you want to accomplish. Number two, when you want to power it up, you've got to communicate uh, what you're trying to do to everybody that's going to be involved on the team. Number three, you have to have partner. You have to have the right talent. If you don't have the right talent, 
and the right people, I call it on the bus, just like that good to great. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't partner with the right folks to do their part uh, and also believe in the same thing that you believe in, it's going to be hard to make it happen. Uh, Then you've got to have a plan, uh, of course, and and have the game plan. Then play. You know, the thing that we've got to get back to is it's no different than playing in the sandbox on the beach. You know, everything's possible when when we were kids. But somehow as we grew older, we started, uh, we're being shaped or domesticated or however you want to say or conditioned uh, to think uh, uh, that things are not possible. Uh, but just getting back to that play, uh, for example, the cement to be drying in 22 minutes, it had never been done before. Uh, Brian also used an, uh, an example of, uh, he told the uh, garage door guys that they had 10 minutes to put the garage door. They said it couldn't be done. They went back out and figured out a way to do it in three minutes. Interesting. So, so then you have practice. Well, you have to practice and be okay to make mistakes. And uh, we're going to make mistakes. But but if somebody knows, I'm sorry, go ahead. I do want to say, I want to add one thing, though. Don't you think that there are some things that you can't do? Now, for example, you know, you needed those 800 people, and, they, and you had to do it in a certain way. But certainly there are things that, you know, you can't achieve unless you have, as you said, the right team and the right plan. So it has to be orchestrated in a certain way, or you can't do it. Uh, Brian, you want to add to that? You have something that comes to mind? Yes, I mean you definitely have. You have to have a plan, a plan of action, uh, and you know the flow of this had a lot to do with everything. You know, we mm-hmm. we we took everything. You know, normally when you build a house. Uh, you know, let's say sheetrock, for instance. Usually you insulate the house and then you sheetrock it. Well, when we did this home, we started from the inside out. We sheetrocked and we finished the outside of the home very last. That way, you know, they could they could insulate it from the outside of the house and it would be a time saver on the inside. So there are a lot of things that we did that just were that were not normal. Um, we actually built. Where did you get those ideas from? Did you talk to builders? Did you talk to people from Habitat for Humanity who who build homes? How did you get those ideas? Well, it, it, it all came from the committee. We had everyone uh, everyone involved from from the concrete men to the to the roofers, plumbers, electricians, and we had a a key person in charge of each one of those tasks. And we just we all sat down as a group. And what was amazing about that is. You know, a lot of people when they're when they're building homes or building you know whatever they are in their business, they don't realize how much their job affects the next person in line. And when we actually sat down and all started talking as a group and realizing, you know, you know, hey, Mister Trim Carpenter, what can you do to make my job, or can you do this to make my job as a painter a little easier? Mm-hmm. He says, Yes, I can do that. That's not a problem. It won't cost me any more money or time, and it will speed the painter's process up. Mm-hmm. And we just went through a whole thought process just like that. You know, how is my job going to affect the next person in line to, to make their job easier and quicker without compromising read, quality? I want to read something from your book. You have certain things that you stand out in quotes, and I think this one's really good. Simply gathering enthusiastic and talented people around you will not get you where you want to be. That's correct. Speak to that. Well, you have to, then again, you know, we all worked as a group on this. We came up with a plan, and just like the practice house, we came up with a plan, and we didn't work our plan. So we we spent all this time trying to make all this happen, and the day of the you know, practice house, we didn't follow any of our plan. 
mm-hmm. and I think that was a you know a big thing there that just proved to everybody that you know if if you're going to work spend the time to work through something then then do it and follow your uh, plan yeah I'm follow gonna, your plan I'm gonna make this. <laughs> Something else you write here that's interesting, when you talk about decisions and how sometimes we make things so hard and complex, you write, the simplest decisions can make the most impact on the best way to do business. Sometimes we make it all so hard, and it's just not necessary. Yes. And I would fall back to, just like we did the T-shirts, you know, a simple, simple change we made, just back to elementary, just color-coding things. Uh, you know, made all the difference in the world. People can identify, you know, colors and, and you know, simple things that, that we just don't even really think of all the time uh, mm-hmm. to make communication better. Uh, uh, Go ahead. I was just going to add two, two quick things is that, you know, even in the planning world or the investment world, things can get really complicated, but you can simplify everything, and sometimes we make things too complicated. Uh, what was the thing... Jose, that surprised you the most in terms of how much you got accomplished. What what did you achieve that in the back of your mind you said, wow, what was it? Was it that they could all work so quickly together as a team? Uh, let's, well, if, if everybody understands with clarity and has the same common goal, uh, I'm going to give you an example when you talked about the book. In our firm, this is now this is a financial planning firm that when we had everybody, all of our employees read the first chapter together, and after we got through, ideas were flying all over the place, and I've never even had heard discussions in our office. Hmm. Uh, when when Brian talked about being concerned about the person before you and after you, a lot of rank and file employees are told that we always have to have processes and systems, but if they don't know the why behind it or there's a lot of rank-and-file employees who will just follow the systems that are in place, but how do we break it to make it even better? And mm-hmm. until you understand exactly how important it is and the clarity of what your role is, uh, I think a lot of people just do keep doing the same old thing. Yeah. Uh, and they're not taught what they can do to make things better. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us as human beings want to figure out ways or be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, let me Brian. let me add to that if I can. Yeah. You know, it, it was amazing when we actually sat down as a group and started discussing everything, how much, you know, when you just ask someone the right question, how much information you can get out yes. of them. I mean, all these guys had better ideas to improve efficiency, and but nobody ever listened to them. Everybody, you know, this is the way we've always done it. We can't change because this is the way I'm told I have to do it. Well, it might not be the best way. No one will listen to me to change it, though. All right, so again, the, the power of the team and listening to each other in communication is absolutely, is absolutely key. Yeah, if you've yeah. got a small business, any size, small, uh, medium, large size, you read the chap, each chapter and talk it with, about, about it with your team, you will not believe the discussions you'll have. Chapter 2 do the same thing, Chapter 3, and next thing you know, you've built a roadmap and you're, you're looking at a whole new company because everybody's got ideas. It's amazing. Uh, the, the people will come up with the simplest ideas that can make things better. All right. We're going to take a break. It's a very fascinating topic and fascinating achievement. My guests are Brian Conway and Feliciano, who are the authors of the new book, The Two-Hour House, which is all about how they and a group of 800 people built a house in two hours. And, again, it, it's about people who pay don't pay attention when you're told it's impossible, and it's about how people can work together as a team to make things happen. 
and you're listening to Positive Living, and you can log on to two, the number 2 ourhousecom Listening to Positive Living, I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back. You are listening to Positive Living and I'm Patricia Raskin. This is a program that shows you how to turn your problems into solutions, your obstacles into opportunities, and to help you make your dreams come true. Today is a shining example of what I just said. I've been doing this work for 25 years. started in 1982 when people said nobody wants to hear all this good stuff. And now people want to hear it. And I was a pioneer. I started in the Internet with Voice America six years ago when Internet was just starting. And I totally believe in the Internet and in this power of delivery, particularly this positive programming, because everybody can hear it. And it's really important. Today we're talking about how do you achieve a huge goal that most people would never dream possible in two hours. My guests are Brian Conaway and Jose Feliciano, co-authors of the new book, Two Hour House, Leadership from the Ground Up. We're talking about how they accomplished with 800 people building and completing a home in under three hours. 
and how in their professional work they help clients successfully manage their money using an efficient eight-step process that ties together vision, communication, resources, and people so that they can work together toward a common goal. Welcome back, Brian and Jose. Glad Thank you. Okay, how would you say that the two-hour house is really almost like a metaphor for the world? I mean, being able to accomplish it's an amazing goal in such a short time. Uh, the, the thing about a house, it's kind of like what do you want your personal house to look like, which is your life? What do you want your business house to look like, which is your business? What do you want your spiritual house to look like? Once you, those visions are clear, your decisions are easy, and and it's it's a house. It, a house is a a metaphor that everybody can identify in the world, because everybody has a house throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And if you're a, you know, let's take that you're a giant corporation, and and you can use the house metaphor and say, hey, your division is the electricians, your division is the plumbers, your division is the roofers, your division is the painters, and you have everybody bring the whole culture back to playing again. What do we got to do to What's our to our house? What? How do we break our records and change the norm of how we do things? When you get everybody engaged, working for a common goal, we all want to be something bigger than ourselves, and we're kind of into a disconnected society. I mean, with our, I drive into my house and my garage door closes, and neighbors yeah. are not talking to each other. Yeah. And 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 I think that the team effort to our house represents a connected society that I believe that we all want to do things for a big purpose bigger than ourselves. Well, you know, you also hear, too, Jose, you hear things like, you know, be careful, be careful with your ideas, people are going to steal them. Don't talk too much, don't share too much, be careful, be quiet. You know, you start hearing enough of that, and then everybody's distrustful, and they're not sharing. Uh, let me add something. that I was in Washington, D.C., listening to a radio show, and he was talking about this gentleman that was dropping off his 9-year-old daughter at a bus stop, and he told his daughter, he said, Honey, if I'm not here, do not talk to strangers. She said, Dad, if I don't talk to strangers, how do I meet new people? Mm. So we have to watch how we say things and the mental blocks and the the limits that we set on people by just using those powerful words. Interesting. Brian, your comments? Well, I think I'm just kind of thinking back on uh, when we first started all this, and, you know, failure was a big, you know, that that was an unknown. Uh, you know, we we knew that after years of putting this together that, you know, it, it may or may not happen. We felt very good that it would. But, uh, you know, we looked at the practice house was not really a failure. It was just, you know, we learned a bunch of ways that did not work. Uh, so, I mean, there are going to be the ups and downs in, in all of it. Um, but you just got to stick with it and, uh, and, and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing, can I add something there is, you know, a lot of people, when we, when we think about coaching and training and consulting, most people are Monday morning quarterbacks telling you how you need to do it. But we were wanting to create a company, which is a two-hour house, that will show you how that it was done. Does that make sense? Yes. So people can feel it, taste it, uh, uh, see it, and see the applications that are all being taught in all these businesses that we can bring a lot of these principles to life. Mm. So, when you help somebody develop their business or grow their wealth, what do you find is the most common issue or common mistake, if you want to use that word, that they make when they've come to you? Well, first thing is that is is 
they don't have a pure vision exactly where they want to be. And if I was to ask, you know, let's say the investment world, my question would be, what rate of return do you have to have to never run out of money for the reasons mm-hmm. that are important to you? Well, I really don't know. They just want to accumulate. Mm-hmm. Well, the key is, is that once your visions are clear, your decisions are easy, and if you think about it, the investment decisions impacts your estate planning decisions, which impacts your tax planning decisions, your insurance, your cash flow, your budgeting, the big picture. So what happens is we go through life having a hodgepodge of stuff, but it's never all connected to our big picture about what we want in life. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the discovery process is beginning with the end in mind. What is your big picture? And then working backwards, just like the two-hour house analogy. You mm-hmm. had to know the type of house you was going to build and break it down to the smallest detail. Mm-hmm. Then it's easier to make smart choices with money or what you have to do to break a yeah. world's record yeah. to make that. Do you think sometimes people give up too quickly? They're, they're, you know, they think they see it, but they don't, and then they just say, well, I'm just not going to finish. You know, uh, I can definitely answer that one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and I can go off the practice house because when we when we started that, like I said earlier, we had we had two teams. Our goal was to build two practice houses with two teams competing, and then build two uh, you know houses for the record. One of them obviously setting the record. Well, the practice house happened, and we had probably I would say you know one or two hundred, maybe more people that just quit and never came back. They said this is a joke. You know, it's not going to happen, and uh, we give up. And, you know, that right there, there were there were quitters, and we had a lot of naysayers along the way that said, you know, this will never happen. You can't do it. You're wasting everybody's time. And, uh, you know, the people that stuck in it, you know, we, we showed everybody that we could do it. And I think probably the ones that were, were involved up front and gave up probably, uh, you know, wish they would have stuck with it. And, and one thing for sure, I mean, Brian, as a leader, had to keep pushing forward. Not had to. He he knew it could be done. And I think, you you know, we all look for leaders like that that know it could be done and willing to go and give it a shot. And uh, I think that that's what we're looking for, more and more leaders like Brian. Mm-hmm. I want to read something from Tom Utz, who is the chairman of the plumbing committee of the House. In your book, he says, You could say that each of us had a crash course in home building 101. My job was the plumbing. And even though it was a large part of the whole project, it was no more important than the smallest task to complete the home in record time. As one of the more seasoned builders involved, I learned with the right people you can do anything, and we did. Now, what I want to comment there is how he said that even though plumbing is key, that it wasn't any more important than all the other jobs. That's right. Exactly. And that's, you know, it, it's like if you picture picture. You know, 800 people lined up, and you have a ball that you're going to hand to each person. If one person drops it, it's over with. And that's the same way it was on this. You know, I heard multiple times from, you know, committees and people that were involved that, you know, don't worry, our team is not going to be the one to to drop the ball on this. We're going to make sure all of our guys are polished and do everything they need to be to do uh, to to make it happen. So, you know, I think that's, that's very important, all the way down to the, uh, if you watch the video, you know you see one of the one of the chairman of the committees on there yelling, saying, "You know, get a doorbell on the front of this house." And do you think that we don't work in teams enough, Jose and Brian? Do you think we try to do everything ourselves too much in general? Do you think that's a problem? I I would say, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses, and and I believe that we don't run with the strengths. We always keep working on building our weaknesses. 
Mm-hmm. And in any organization, you should always take the strengths and run with it. I'll give you an example. Your child comes home with straight A's and a C. What do we do? We focus in on the C yeah. instead of run with the A's. And, you know, when, when you look at weaknesses, it's because the person is not talented to do that or doesn't like to do it. And I'll, I'll use my business as, as an example, but with each and every employee, I asked them what they loved to do and what they hated to do. And I rewrote everybody's job description, what they love to do, because once, you, once you're engaged, you do what you do best, which leads to statistics that, that 80% of the workforce out there feel miscast. They don't feel like they're being challenged to their fullest strength. Mm. And if you actually look at matching up, if you've got somebody that's doing what they love to do and they're doing what they're best at, they are 400% more productive. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a big difference in people being engaged. And uh, I believe that the... Uh, uh, that so what you're saying is do what you love that you do well and let other people do what they do well. Don't try to do and, and accomplish what you're really not good at because it's going to be harder for you. It's going to slow you down, and you're not as good at it. Yes? No doubt about it. If you can recognize that and delegate things that, that, that you don't like to do and stay focused on what you do, your personal life, your business life will go through the roof. And, uh, and what's funny is somebody else's work is somebody else's play. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's very good at what you don't like to do. And yes. if, you can, if you can close your eyes and write down everything you hate to do, then you just wrote a job description for the person that mm. really loves. That's really day. great. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Just the things that, that that you don't want to do and the job description for the person who does them well. It, it doesn't well, mean I'm, that you can't do it. But I'm sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead, Brian. I, I was going to go back to I think, you know, just making the smallest task, making that person feel like they're, you know, important and they're, you know, they're doing something bigger than just that task. And they are. Uh, they are, particularly if you can't do it well. And, and that all falls back to the teamwork, you know. If, yeah. if, if the person just doing the doorbell on that house didn't get the button on the front door, even though as small as that is, you know, you don't get a CO on the house, a certificate of occupancy, and, mm-hmm. and the whole project has failed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every little detail, uh, you know, is important in there. Mm-hmm. I, think re- I think respecting everybody's job function and the role that they play with clarity and everybody having a mutual respect and understanding that, you know, one thing, uh, that everybody's job is important, I think you'll change your whole culture. Yeah, the whole culture in our personal and our professional lives. And on that wonderful note, we're going to take a break. My guests are Jose Feliciano and Brian Conaway, co-authors of The Two-Hour House, which is a book about... 800 people who built a house in two hours and how we can achieve amazing things when we work together in a team. You can log on to twohourhouse.com, the number twohourhouse.com. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. 
Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com I have been with with the Voice America now almost since the beginning. They started about seven years ago. I, I came in around almost six years ago. And it's been very exciting to watch the growth of their company and of the Internet and how now the Internet is really just helping millions of people to get inspirational information and important information. And that's what this program is about, and that's what the programs are about on Voice America. So... Positive living is about turning your problems into solutions, your obstacles into opportunities, really getting the support you need and making your dreams come true. And today is such a shining example of this because it's so concrete and it's so inspirational. My guests today are Jose Feliciano and Brian Conaway. They are the co-authors of the book, To Our House. This is a book, a true story, about a group of 800 people who built a house in two hours, in two hours and built it successfully. And it, what it shows is the power of community and of how we can work together and of accepting each other to really make this dream happen. Welcome back, Brian and, and um, Jose. All right. We have, we have another segment left. I'm going to ask you both this question. Um, Brian, what would you say for you in going through this whole process was the most inspirational piece? What really affected you? Probably, I'd say, just to see, you know, the the change in people's attitudes and the change in people. You know, everyone that's that that's read read has read the book, watches the DVD. Uh, you know, everybody that was involved in it, just you know, everybody's just wowed. You know, everyone says, well, it can't be done, and just to show people that yes, it can be done, and what teamwork can do, and and everyone with the same vision, whether it's in your your family or your business or anything you apply it to. Jose, what would you say really yeah. amazed you the most or, or impacted you the most? I, I, number one is I would say a belief system that it can be done. Number two is is really uh, that the project itself represented the connected connect I guess connection of people. Um, uh, it's 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 one of those it's just one of those events that that was that it was a clear plan and and to watch everybody so engaged in the project you're talking about 800 volunteers mm. working together to make that happen and exceeded code it's amazing and uh, mm. what can be done i mean that alone right there should change paradigms 
in every organization. And if I had to say one takeaway for all the listeners out there, that if you actually had your group read one chapter and you talked about it and go to the next one and the next one, you'll see ideas flowing through your company or even your personal life. And even your kids get it because even little 15-year-olds will read it and understand what a house is and start thinking about what their impossible is. Mm-hmm. So it really is a change of, 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 of how we think and the mental mindset that, that, that we're fed in our lives. Okay, so your advice for people who are going through something and they're hitting a lot of roadblocks and they're getting discouraged, what's the first thing you would tell them to do? First thing is if it's a family, I would have everybody look at the two-hour house. If it was, or even as a family, have them read the book. You'll have you'll you'll have different discussions. Uh, the, I think the number one discussion that you might, or an objection, you might say, "Well, that was a house." Well, the reason why Brian and I teamed up to do this is because it works in your financial planning life just as much as your house. So it works through all sectors of your business because mm-hmm. we're the number one wealth management firm through the country. Who would have thought that would happen in a little town like Tyler, Texas? And Brian Conaway breaking a world's record in the same town. Uh, it's amazing what can be done. And uh, so I think getting your team together to read the book, have the discussions, really listen to what your uh, your team members are saying, and they're going to come up with ideas that you never even thought of. Mm. Brian, your comments. Uh, I, I totally agree with, you know, everything Jose's saying. I think he hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, the chapters, if you look in the, after each chapter, there's questions that it kind of guides you through this mm-hmm. process uh, and helps you make these decisions and everything. I, I want to read another quote that I love, and I want you both to comment on this because I think this is such a great example for what we need to do in business. You write, workers' performance improved as we raised what was expected of them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, expectations, I think, even in our school system, we have low expectations. And it's amazing that if you expect kids or adults or anybody to, to perform to a higher standard, they always... See, isn't it amazing how when we dress in tuxes at an event that we always act different than we dress another way or uh, whatever the case may be? But I wanted to... Um, you know, I had somebody say, not another how-to-do-it book, Jose. And there are a lot of how-to-do-it books out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a done-it book. So mm-hmm. you get to see how interesting it's done. And I think it's the big difference, and, and I want to make sure that people understand that it's not a how-to-do-it book. Interesting. Here's another quote that I love. We would have one combined team trying to beat the clock, not each other. That's right. Brian, talk about that. Yeah, we, we just... Everyone, you know, working as a team, and it wasn't about can I do it faster than you, can you do it faster than me, or, you know, I'm going to get credit for this and you're not. It was, you know, everybody back to one common vision and one goal. We knew, you know, our uh, flow chart, we had two hours and 43 minutes on our flow chart. We actually built the house in two hours and 52 minutes and 29 mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were a little bit off the time on that. But, you know, that that was our goal. We weren't looking at you know, each each other as far as, uh, you know, you took too long and, and it was just a team effort all the way through. One thing you have in your book here, as you said, at the end of each chapter you have something called to think about. 
Yes. And I want to read this quote from Winston Churchill because we're coming to the close of the show, and I'd like you to talk about this because this is a big one. Winston Churchill said, success is the ability to go from one failure after, one, after another without loss of enthusiasm. So let's talk about that. I mean, there, there's also, though, knowing when to change direction and when to change course and when to stop doing something and do something else, too. How do we know that? Because sometimes we don't. I always heard the old saying, definition of insanity is uh, doing the same old thing and expecting different results. So you do have to change it up. But just look at failure in a whole different way. I don't see failure as failure but a learning experience. I don't see failure as failure but to change my course of direction. So if you look at it, that you didn't really fail. As long as you keep trying, you didn't give up. And uh, I think that we just have to look at it in a whole different way, that it's okay to make mistakes. And that falls back to the you know the practice house. We learned... You know, I don't look at that as a failure. We learned a lot of things that, that didn't work and a lot of things that worked a lot better than what we thought they would. So we just Now, do you think that part of the reason that the practice house didn't work, meaning that it took a lot longer than two hours, is because the team wasn't working effectively? Was that? Do you think that was a main piece? No, I think a lot of it, uh, I think number one was probably communication. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that can be applied in any business. It's usually if you, if you ask every employee what's the biggest problem, they say communication. Uh, so communication was a big problem. And then I think because it hasn't been tested, a lot of people were, you know, maybe scared a little bit, uh, you know, and, and they didn't want their, you know, their committee or their uh team to be the one that, mm-hmm. that dropped the ball. So I think there were just a lot of variables okay. in there. All right. We're coming to the, cl- the end of the show. So in two sentences or less, Jose, what would you like to leave our listeners with about the concepts of building the two-hour house with 800 people? Uh, communication, I'm going to go ahead and piggyback on that. Ask everybody in your firm or any organization what's the mission statement, and I think that 90% of the people are not going to be able to articulate it. And that's when you need to know that that's where you need to work on communication. Mm-hmm. All right. And Brian? I would just say set a clear vision and dream big. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Breaking rules, breaking records. That's right. Interesting. Breaking rules, breaking records. Thank you both so much for coming on this program today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, really really like enjoyed it. your show. It was fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. And if people want to know more about the two-hour house, they log on to the number two ourhouse.com. Okay, stay on the line, guys. All right, folks, um, we've come to the close of Positive Living. As I always say at the end of each show, you know, it's really important. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need to know you can make your dreams come true. Um, my site has been revised, so go to raskinresources.com and write to me. I will definitely write you back, patricia at raskinresources.com. And, again, this program is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and all the shows are archived on the Voice America site and my site as well. So until next time, for Positive Living, I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great Monday.
You've been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com and tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you.